Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, and Hubble's Wharf. Great to see Tom Mertz here last night and today. Great to see him here today. Once again, throwing himself into charity. It was the Purdy Memorial Golf Tournament at the beginning of May. At the beginning of June, coaches versus cancer. It's just kind of person time is. And, of course, today is Friday. I mean, today's show is brought to you by our great friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews. Best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the Brewers Outlet specials between now and Tuesday include Bud and Bud Light uh, 18-pack cans, just $9.95. Spike Seltzer Variety 12-pack, $13.95. And Goose Island 15-pack cans, $14.95. Plus, don't miss the Brewers Outlet 50th anniversary party on Friday, June 15th, just two weeks from today. Featuring live music by Cars Tribute Band Drive, and there's going to be no cover charge. Tremendous. And don't forget, nor will we ever forget, about the pickle bar being, yes, all together now, including you right there on 192 listening. That's right, yep, yeah, I'm talking to you. The pickle bar is indeed second to none. Led by the barrels and the dills. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and somebody the beverage supermarket. All right. Youth basketball coaches, I want you to listen up here. This is a teaching moment, right? Do not teach your players to do this in our play-by-play call of the day. Hill bends, spins, shoots. It's short. Rebound grabbed by J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith dribbles it to the far side, throws to Hill. The game is tied at 107. We're going to overtime. I think the Warriors will take that under the circumstances over wow. the last two minutes. Just wow. It's, it's better than him making the free throw and having a one-point lead. George Hill shot it short. We've got five more minutes. What a crazy finish. J.R. Smith thought they had the lead. He dribbled it out to midcourt. What, what is he doing? Well, he, that's J.R. Smith. He thought they had the lead. Once again, youth basketball coaches, stress time and score. You never know what it might come in handy. That was one of the bigger wow moments I've seen in sports. A, what, 12, 13-year veteran, NBA championship ring, scoreboards everywhere in the arena, teammates, LeBron late tried to call timeout because then he because he realized his teammate was insane. <laughs> I mean, that's just remarkable. There are certain basics, and one of them is you need to know time and score. Okay. Amazing. 
All right. Earlier today, my broadcast partner, we now we've been together. Now, Jack and I have been together almost two decades. Dick Girardi and I have been together almost a decade and a half now. A decade and a half. And Dick was out there today at Coaches versus Cancer and, yes, played with a group that was associated with me a couple of years ago. A decade and a half of pure tolerance on the part of one Dick Girardi. Broadcast partner, I welcome you back. Hi, Steve. Uh, love being back at the 14th hole. Yeah. Uh, you're playing with a group that, by the way, I had a couple of years ago, and they made it plain to you in no uncertain terms that it's an incredible upgrade. They had nothing good to say about you, Steve, <laughs> at all. I'm sorry to say. I would like to – I mean, it's a nice day. It's a great event. It's a great cause. But I mentioned the name Steve Jones and went downhill from there. Pal. Flushed. <laughs> Completely flushed. Yep. Uh, I I know we're going to talk more about Justified next week. We are. When we have, have you on the show. So we'll get to that in just a little bit right. as a primer. Uh, college basketball. Yes. Uh, uh, ACC coaches propose going from 68 to 72 teams. Now, yep. you and I both know coaches would like to see that. Sure. What did you think when you heard that? I think they have the right number. They just should have subtracted instead of added. Yeah. Let's go back to 64. I like yeah. that better. Uh, but, look, I get it. Coach's job security is on the line. You make it, you're in. You get to hold your job. If you don't, sometimes you're on the tightrope. But I don't see any great call for more. Uh, It's a great event. Uh, No matter how much some of the powers that be try to mess it up, they can't do it. Uh, So why mess with a good thing? And sometimes the best decision is no decision. Which is what the decision will be here, would be my guess. Unless somebody can explain to the powers that be in the capital of Indiana that there's more money in their pockets, it ain't happening. And that's the key. Yes, it is. They want paper. Not to be cynical at all. I would never be that, as you know. Oh, no, you would never be. No. No. Uh, And I used to be that way. You did. (laughs) Something happened to you. And what was that? I showed up. (laughs) That made me cynical. It's been a problem ever since for you. used to be just this fine young man from a small Connecticut town hanging out in central Pennsylvania with a fine family a lovely wife and then you've just become a a renegade corrupted yeah (laughs) but that's what I do to people and there's only one source for that that's correct it's not Tarman (laughs) it's not Tarman's a fine upstanding man yes he is alright so now we talk about that part there's several parties going to be I think six Big Ten players that will stay in the draft Tony Carr obviously being one what does it do for at least the competitive balance in the league that a Bruno Fernando, a Carson Edwards, and Ethan Happ, uh, the two kids at Nebraska, Copeland and Palmer, what does that do for what we're going to see in the Big Ten? Well, I look, at it, it makes Wisconsin, given how they were playing at the end of the year, uh, and all their guys, assuming all their wing players will come back healthy, which they weren't last year, I don't know if they're going back in the top four, but they'll certainly be better than last year. Right. Um, in Nebraska, it changes everything for them. They basically have essentially their whole team back. Right. Um, and, I, and Carson Edwards was, you know, he wasn't the player of the whole year, but he was certainly the player of the end of the year. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure they're thrilled to have him back and West Lafayette. And I'm thrilled he's back, so we get to watch him for another season. He's a great player. Uh, uh, the move to 20 games in the Big Ten. Uh, what can that do? Uh 
Because if people ask me, well, it'll make the schedule tougher. Well, it depends on who it is. If you're right. playing, let's just take last year's standards. Sure. If you played home and away with Iowa, home and away with uh, Rutgers, home and away with Minnesota, home and away with Illinois, your schedule's not going to be better. Right. Yeah. I, I think it depends on the combination, doesn't right. it? Right, and you're not quite sure. You can look at the schedule now and say it's going to be like this, but you know who predicted Iowa would end up with the record they did last right. year? I, I certainly didn't, given that they had so many young players back. It just didn't work for them. Uh, but now they have all those players back again, and maybe with a year to think about what happened, they'll be better. See, I, it does matter what the schedule is. Um, and I've looked at Penn State's, but haven't tried to analyze it because, frankly, I'd like to watch the first month of the season right. to get a sense, uh, all right, who, who can do what right. before you decide who's going to be in what position. I mean, boy, wasn't Northwestern at everybody's top four last year when the season no started? Didn't work out that way. Didn't work out that way at all. Iowa was in the top six for everybody sure. last year. Yeah, I, didn't I thought work out both of them would be good, and it just, for a number of reasons, it didn't happen. Well, one of them is is that Penn State sophomores developed quicker and better right. than Iowa sophomores did. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, you, you would have said that the first year they were kind of on a par, and, and Penn State's guys took a quantum leap. And, Steve, I said this to you at the end of the year. I thought a lot of it had to do with conditioning. Yeah. I thought it was amazing how well-conditioned Penn State's guys were at the end of March. They looked like, it, they looked like one of the freshest teams in the country where a lot of teams are wearing down and out. And now they've got a big year coming up with this one. And, you know, it schedules, schedules – I mean, last year teaches you some – like, we, you and I both know why they scheduled the way they scheduled. Yes. Okay. I mean, that's – I mean – Yes, we do. Okay. You end up with 26 wins. Yeah, worked out fine. Okay. And it worked out well for them because yep. they, they, they finished really, really well. Will – yeah, it's going to depend on who you play and how you play them. But getting a couple of extra power five teams on the schedule – is that something that can help you a lot? Yeah, I, I think it's a good thing, especially if they are a potential NCAA team, which obviously everybody hopes to be at the beginning. And right. I think Penn State has a realistic expectation that they're going to have a chance at that. you got to go do it on the court. But, yeah, a game at, at Alabama. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, but that's yeah. potentially a good yeah. game. That's out there as a possibility. Yeah, there are possibilities out there as to who they're going to play. Yeah. But today we found out about Virginia Tech. Virginia and, Tech. And you and I sit there. It's like, I mean, they get the same teams all the time right. in this thing. Yeah, I mean, I, since I've been doing it, there's only they've only played four teams. Virginia Tech, Boston College, five teams, Georgia Tech, Clemson, and last year NC State. Yeah. See, so, yeah, you would hope one year you'd get – you know what? They, they, was Virginia part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge? Yeah, we did that. Yeah, there. you and I. And, and that was before they were any good. Right. And it was Tony Bennett's like second right, year. Just and, started. and Bobby went down there and they played won. a great game. Yeah, they won. The won. Game. Um, they had the Scott kid who's in the NBA. He was a good okay. player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, look, you'd love to see him get a shot at Duke or North Carolina or Louisville or uh, Syracuse. Syracuse, one of the powers, and they just haven't had that opportunity. And the same with the Big East. Uh, nothing against the Paul, but they've been the bottom of the Big East forever. Yeah. And I thought Penn State deserved a better opponent. Not that a trip to Chicago is ever a bad thing, because no. it's not. No, it's not. All right, next week, uh, Justify. Yes, sir. Uh, we've watched two sloppy tracks. We have. Uh, in fact, you didn't watch any sloppy track. You, you could, couldn't, you couldn't see, see anything at Pembroke. Yeah, you, could yeah. See, you couldn't see the track. That's not correct. Uh, if you put this horse on a dry track... What would you expect? Well, I, Steve, I think he actually might run better. Uh, his best race was on a fast track at Santa Anita in the Santa Anita Derby, his final prep for Kentucky. Yeah. When he got his best buyer figure, it was 107. Uh, and that's a number if he gets anything close to that in the Belmont. Nobody has a chance. Um, and, I, look, those, those tracks tire you out. 
man, there's, there's yeah. off tracks. It just, it's just, it's hard. It's like going, you slugging instead of running. Um, so I think a fast track would be to his advantage. Obviously, a sloppy track is not to his disadvantage, but I think it would be good to see him on a fast track, and I'm sure the all the people involved in a race would like to see that, too. Do you like the way Mike Smith has ridden this horse? Yeah, Mike Smith is a guy you can count on thinking through every possibility. This is not a hard horse to ride, Steve, because he's got so much early speed right. that he's almost inevitably is going to be in good position. And in the Belmont, it, with the makeup of the field as it is likely to be, it's not finalized, but it looks like we're looking at about 11 horses. Mm-hmm. He's very likely to have the exact same run as American Pharaoh did three years ago. Loose on the lead, moderate fractions and basically make it into a half-mile sprint with him starting three lengths ahead. Right. Who's catching him? I Probably nobody. Is uh, We've only seen one Triple Crown winner, and I know it was, it was a big deal for you to oh, finally, yeah, huge. Day 15, for uh, final, to finally see one. Because yeah. you told me over oh, and over yeah. again. It's the one thing so one event had. I wanted to cover. Right. Yep. And, and you were there for it, and it was magical. That's why I love the cover of Sports Illustrated. When it came out, everybody had their phones right. up taking yeah. video of that it. That was very cool. At the end. Uh, how, because it's a mile and a half, and none of these horses have ever had to go more than a mile and a quarter ever, is it the most unpredictable event in sports? Well, I, I mean, yeah, because the Triple Crown is, it, in, in, it's inherently, the modern Triple Crown is inherently unfair to the horse that's going for it. Yeah. It's, it's not, nobody's breaking any rules, but what happens is horses run in Kentucky, they don't win. They right. skip the Preakness. They get the five-week rest, and the horse that goes to the Preakness obviously will be his third race in five weeks. So that's inherently unfair, which is why it's been so hard to win. So, yeah, it is really hard. It's much harder to win than the Preakness because the Preakness has not been getting a good field. Right. Because most of these derby horses, don't they don't come right. back because they don't like to run back in two weeks. Um, but having said that, Steve, I think the Belmont – the, the derby is the hardest race to win. Just because of the 20 horses, it's right. just crazy. I know the favorites won six years in a row, but right. the Belmont is, uh, it's more, it sounds like it should be the kind of race where the last move wins. Right. But it's really the opposite. Right. Because they're all getting tired at the finish. Yeah. So you'd prefer to have a horse who's up in the vicinity the whole way. Now, it does happen. The horses come from the back and win. Yeah. But in life and in horse racing, I'd rather be in front. How many times in basketball have we said play, play, play with the lead? With the lead. Ah, it just puts all the heat on the other team, and, and you can and you can have a bad five minutes and still win. If you're behind by ten, you have a bad five minutes, the game's over. Same thing in horse racing. You're having to use a backup putter today. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, yeah Steve, I, I, don't, I, you know, I go look for my clubs once a year, and uh, my putter was not in my bag. Yeah. So there are two possibilities. It's either lingering in a hiding place in my house, or, tragically, it may have been left at a pitch-and-putt tournament, charity tournament I was in last fall. I know where the course is. I may have to go back there and see if they have it, because it wouldn't look like any of their other putters, because it would be the only one with 40 years' worth of rust on the bottom. Why is your group staring at me with what such hate? I mean, that's I hate. It's just they're just disdainful, Steve. They remember what you did to their group when you played with them several years back, and they haven't gotten over it yet. Is that why I get a new group every year? I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's the old A B S. Anybody 
but, but Steve. Steve. <laughs> I'm going to let you chip. Thank you, Steve. Always a pleasure talking with you on the radio or anywhere else. <laughs> Thanks. Dick Girardi. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. I've been so fortunate with the people I've worked with for such a long period of time. I mean, Jack, now it's it's almost two decades now. Dick uh, Girardi, a decade and a half. Um, you know, Sean. It's, it's it's really it's great when you you click and connect with people and you have a good time. And, you know, it's a great job to begin with. My goodness. It's, what do you do for a living? Well, I announce games. Really? Yeah. I'm, in fact, I'm the manager of the candy store at the mall. Uh, that's, about, that's about it. Uh, that's uh, and you know, it's the people you know. A big part of it, the people you work with. Um, you know, Sean and I know that. I mean, you know, we have a blast all the time. We just, we yeah, talk I, for a living. Hey, we, and we love what we do. Yeah, that's, what, that's what it's all yeah. about. I mean, except for the times where I scream at you and. You know. Have I ever screamed at you? No. <laughs> I guess I haven't, though. <laughs> well, there was one a couple of years ago, but that was more of an equipment issue. That was nothing at me directly. Oh, yeah, the equipment. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Everything went to heck in a handbasket. You're, you're like, I don't know. I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I talk for a living. I can't fix this. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying everything I can, Captain. <laughs> it's time for this day in sports history. And you said... <laughs> Not here. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, yeah. All right, we'll cue it up. <laughs> yeah, because we could connect something. I was like, I don't know. You're like, I don't know. Like, okay. 
Luckily, between this oh. studio and your studio, we were connected. It was just the other stuff to make it flow that we were having issues with. But, hey. We were having, yeah, that's right. I like it. But luckily, at that point, later on that day at 5.03, it was all forgotten. It's like, okay, this is this is not good. Because uh, I was like, I don't know what to do. You're like, I don't know what to do. Like, right? So we did what we always do when we get into a pickle like that. We blame the suit. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, it just seemed to make everything better. Didn't you feel better when that happened? Yeah, but you, luckily that day, you, you saved the day. You, you were able to get the right connections between the laptop and the board. It was a MacGyver-type situation, and you screen, <laughs> you, you screen-grabbed the connection, sent it to me, and I, just, <laughs> I about fell out of my chair. <laughs> say we made it work, though. <laughs> I mean, of, of all people on the face of the earth who could screen-grab something, me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. Those are words in a sentence you never thought you'd hear in that combination. <laughs> Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. The beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the specials through Tuesday include Bud and Bud Light 18-pack cans, just $9.95. Spike Seltzer Variety 12-packs, $13.95, and Goose Island 15-pack cans, just $14.95. Plus, don't miss out on the Brewers Outlet 50th anniversary party two weeks from today, Friday, June 15th, featuring music by Cars Tribute Band Drive, and there'll be no cover charge. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Thanks to Sean Morris of BTM for being on today. Dick Girardi, my broadcast partner for basketball today on the show. Tony Barnhart, one of the legends in uh, college football sports writing, will join us from Atlanta on Monday. Speaking of legendary, in South Windsor, he is king. Hello, Justin. How are you? <laughs> How's everything well. today? Well, huh? good. Do you ever sing to your wife? No, because I want to keep her. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I could break Twitter. <laughs> do you sing to your wife, Sean? No, I do not. I, I used to. Actually, to actually I did. I, I, I When we were dating, I did. Cool. Yeah, I guess I should probably bring that back. I sing to my wife all the time. And I tell her I, I am I'm out there, you know, so I'm not Nobody all together there sometimes. But <laughs> I just thought of that today. Does anybody else? I've never asked anybody that. But anyway, <laughs> I got nothing else. One of my one of my <laughs> former coworkers in radio when I was working in Williamsport before I came here, he whistled a lot. Like he'd, you know, as the music was playing before he would have to turn the microphone on and do another break on the air, he'd whistle. Instead yeah. of singing, instead of singing the song, he'd whistle it. Well, that's neat. Yeah. Oh. oh, I hear well, a song. I I love uh, words, words and music. 
who was it? What was his name from the Doors? Jim Morrison. Uh, yeah, words and music. So I love the words. Anyway, I was just thinking of that today, just a thought. So what did you think of LeBron James last night, Steve? Good. I mean, again, I mean, look, he's he's a great player, um, and I just think that he's for the most part so fundamentally sound. I mean, he's the best player of this generation. I think every generation has its generational player, and he's the generational player, and he he plays like that almost all the time. Yeah, I, I am flabbergasted by him. But that being said, they still lost. You know, uh, he, he he punched him in the mouth, and down goes Frazier. You know, but they got up and they won the game. What bothered me is I thought Cleveland quit in overtime. I just that they're pouting, and then the coach in the press conference—he's a piece of work, huh? He's just pouting, and the referees. I think the press conference cost him about a quarter of a million dollars because you can't say that stuff. But man, well, you, 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 you got to be up. You got to get your team up for that overtime. The game wasn't over, you know. So. Well, he look. J.R. Smith last night. I don't <laughs> care what he says. If he's out there and he says, "Oh, hey, look." Um, um, I knew what the deal was. He's lying through his teeth. He had no idea what the time and the score was in that game. He thought they were winning. He thought he was bringing the ball out and that he won the game for them. Till LeBron he looked said at him and to said, "LeBron going off the court." He said, "I thought yeah. we were up by one." Yeah, you and, could read you know, his lips. Me and Sean were talking before I came on. You could read his lips. He said to LeBron, "I thought we were up by one." Um, and but there's no the, guarantee he was going to make that layup. It Durant doesn't matter. Was right in front of him. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know, get the ball back out. At least take a shot at it. And get it to LeBron. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, let him do it. It, it just. I mean, this is why college coaches do not want their players watching NBA games. They make too many. See, that's why LeBron is so is so great. Talking about his fundamentals, so Smart. many NBA players do not have very good fundamentals, yeah. And they make a lot of boneheaded plays. Well, that was a boneheaded play last night. I was watching Stephen A. Smith. I kind of enjoy him. I, I like his his take on things. He can be over the top sometimes, but he was he was ranking it with Chris Webber calling timeout with no timeouts, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Thomas throwing the ball to Larry Bird, you know, stuff like that. It was pretty funny. He was oh. he was frustrated. Oh my God! So. Speaking what? of LeBron, speaking of this, then this is not an overall indictment of his play. Last night or all year, I, 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 one play we didn't we haven't talked about yet is the uh, the play where LeBron was in the paint was in the paint whether he uh, was whether if it was a charge or a block. Uh, it looked boy. like he was still gliding to the left a little bit. And, a little bit. Well, here's I, my I, issue. I heard a guy today on a Boston sports talk station, and he had a good because he hates the. Uh, replay. He said, but show the replay in real speed. 
you know. And then make your decision based on that. In real speed, that was a charge. But, you know, and then one guy said, well, LeBron gets all the calls, and Stephen A. Smith said LeBron James should get that call because he's LeBron James. Well, the other player was Kevin Durant. So you got two superstars colliding. Who you gonna pick? Which one's a bigger superstar? You know, I, I don't. Well, well here's I the issue I have. It was a charge, so I don't. Well, here's LeBron the issue gave I have. Up his body, yeah. and uh, I, you know, but you're right. He was his left foot. His left foot was moving. So. Well, they uh, made the call on the court. Yeah, charge. And to me, to change the call on the court, it really has to be. Obvious and significant. Now yeah. we can nitpick as he's moving or whatever, but that's the problem I now have with instant replay. Mm-hmm. And the NFL is the one that took it over the top. The NFL tried to use instant replay to make the game perfect. That is not the pur- purpose of instant replay. The instant replay, the purpose of it is to correct egregious errors. It is right. not to make the game perfect. That's why right. some of these replays take so long, because they're trying to make the perfect call. Stop trying to make perfect calls. Stop it. I'm of the opinion, if it if there's a call on the court, and the referee makes the call like he did last night, and it takes you five minutes to watch the replay to see if he was right or wrong, yeah, then the call was right on the court. You know, because you can't slow it down and slow it down. It's a bang bang play, you know, and to, to, to dissect it like that—it's it's, to me insane. The NFL, I think they the just N- do it to make money. In the NFL know? side of things, they're comparing checking that call last night, whether it was a block or a charge. They're comparing it to pass interference. Can you imagine them if they start to review every single pass interference call? I'll be there for a week. The games are too long now. I think the I think the replay is twofold. One, they definitely want to get the call right, but two, they made the NFL's made a fortune on replay with the advertising and commercials and all that. And yeah. It's like, oh my god, you want to shoot yourself halfway. I put a Hallmark movie on, and then I get into the movie and I miss the game. So. Well, and there's another part, too, about replay. When a great moment happens, you get excited, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now, with replay, it's over, and you're not sure whether to cheer or not. Because now you're wondering if it's going to go to replay. Yeah. They're taking all the well, spontaneity the out like of sports. Now, for sure, because every touchdown's yeah. reviewed. So you're still not sure when they score if it is a touchdown, you know. Oh, look, I mean, the ball moved a quarter of an inch, you know. Oh, wow. That that's crazy stuff. I mean, I don't I mean, I want egregious errors to be corrected. The guy's knee, for example, is a foot above the ground, the ball slapped out, it's a fumble. Right? right. Uh, ball thrown over the middle, linebacker slaps ball, hits ground, bounces back up. To receiver, it happens so fast, nobody sees it. It's called a complete pass. I want replay to correct that. Okay. Franco Harris. <laughs> right. Um, I saw Franco four weeks ago. Saw Lydell yeah. Mitchell today. Uh, wow. And uh, and 
but that that's what I wanted to correct. I don't want these minuscule rulings where we're trying to get it perfect. See, everybody, we got it right. Oh, Jill, for goodness sakes, stop taking the spontaneity out of sports. That's what's part of what makes sports great is the unpredictability and the spontaneity of it. And the momentum of the game is gone. Oh, yeah. You know? Everybody's standing around. Nobody knows what's going on. Somebody's going to be happy. Somebody's going to be sad. But whatever momentum was going on, it's frozen. If the game just stops. I don't know. But, see, I don't know the rule perfectly. I've heard a few people say, by rule, that it was a charge. And LeBron was not in, what's that area you can't be in? Yeah, the restricted area, the arc. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't understand that, but he was not in it. If if, and, if any, yeah, right. If any part of your foot, all right, even if it's your heel, is on that line, then they can't charge the player with a charge. Yeah, and then uh, it's not reviewable either. Right. Well, that you can review whether their foot's in or not. I mean, you can review that. Um. But well, they were saying he, he, that's the first time it's ever been reviewed. Well, whether yeah, whether now he was outside the arc, they knew that. But the first time they reviewed whether it was the change it from a block from a, a charge to a block. Well, they changed it from a charge to a block because they looked at two parts. The first part was was he in the restricted area? The answer was no. Second part was was he moving? They say yes, he was and was not in guarding or defensive position. And again, right. that's trying to make the game you're trying to make all your calls perfect. And I think after a while that becomes laborious. Hmm. Yeah. Either way, I don't think Cleveland will win the series because LeBron can't do that every night. And if he doesn't do that every night, they can't win. Oh. No. By the way, looking Golden ahead, looking at, too much. And looking ahead to Game Two, uh, Steve Kerr was talking about Andre Iguodala's status. He says feeling a little bit better at this point. He'd probably call him doubtful. I uh, think he'll play Game Three at Cleveland, and that's where they'll re- really need him. And he'll guard LeBron. That's what he's done the last three years. Yeah. He's just one yeah. of those players that has. Iguodala, you know, it's funny. Iguodala might make the Hall of Fame, and the reason Iguodala might make the Hall of Fame is that the Basketball Hall of Fame is a lot looser when it comes to uh, the door opening for people. And people forget Iguodala, for example, was an all-star in Philadelphia, an all-star in Denver, and he was also on the Olympic team. So he's had a really good career. Now, he is not the best player on Golden State. But I thought Steve Kerr made a great point, which I completely concur with. They would have beaten Houston in five games with him. Yeah. Because he's the, he's that he's that last intangible part they need. I think it's impressive they beat Houston. Houston's a really good team. You know, and they won it well, on their court. So Well, and see the the deal with, with what happened with Houston and the Celtics to me, these um, uh, playoffs 
have been in part more about who hasn't been there as opposed to who has been there. Right. No Chris Paul. No Kyrie Irving. Right? No Andrea Guadala. I mean, it's it's been interesting of the people who have not been there, and I think the people who have not been there have been actually the swing reasons why we've seen series won and lost. True. People forget Chris Paul did not play in that final game. That was didn't play six. Did, didn't play six or seven. Yeah. Uh, Ky- Kyrie Irving was out the entire playoff. That's why the Celtics' record on the road was so bad. And the reason the Celtics were the number two seed, in part, a big part, was was his presence most of the season into the middle of March. He got them to that number two seed. That's true. Injuries are part of the guy. I thought the Celtics had a great year. They had nothing, you know. They they were a team that the moment I just believe got a little bit too big for them, you know. That they're a young team and it was just a, a that mental part of the game because they had the series and then they kind of let it slip away. That they, they didn't know how to close the deal because they were young. Well, I mean, half the team didn't even start the year. So, well, again, this goes back to I always talk about the backup quarterback in the NFL. The backup quarterback in the NFL is the kind of guy that should be good enough to hold the fort for you for a couple of games. But as a long-term solution, is not a long-term solution. That's why he's a backup quarterback. Celtics have a couple of guys, Terry Rozier would be one, that is a fabulous role player. Yeah. Fabulous role player. But And I think in a lot of ways, Marcus Smart's that way, too. And what, But what happens is that when you have to rely on them over a long period of time, they're going to give you some really good moments, and they're also going to balance them out with some really troubling and struggling moments. Yeah. Because there's there's a reason why Kyrie Irving is a star and why they're role players. And there's only so far you can go with role players trying to carry you. And they went a long way. Yeah, they did. I mean, I, I give yeah, them all the credit they, in the world. Those guys did very, a great job. Very well, but they're very well coached. That guy is flat out a great basketball yeah, coach. Yeah, he, he is a really good coach. He knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he, he gets the most out of his teams. Um, he's done wonderful there. Very few college coaches can go in the NBA and succeed like he has. Yeah, that's why I found John Beeline at Michigan interviewing for the Pistons job today. I found that to be really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All those years at Canisius, Richmond, West Virginia, Michigan, but to me, he's got the demeanor. He has the style and the demeanor. If he wanted to be an NBA coach, I think he could be a very good NBA coach if John wanted to be. Mm. Now, whether he whether he goes for it or not, we'll see. I mean, he, he, Michigan said they want to keep him until the end of his career, but we'll find out. I'm mad at him because if they won that game, I would have won my pool. Gav... <laughs> No offense. When I when the matchup came up, I didn't think Michigan had a chance. And I saw Michigan in person three times this year and yeah. watched them win all three games. And I thought they were really, really good. Villanova is beyond really, really good. Yeah. I, and I love Villanova's coach. I 
Wisconsin was a dumb pick on my part. I just thought Michigan was on a roll, you know, one of those, like when UConn won it. They were just on a roll. They weren't the best team, but they were on a roll. Yeah, no, and you do get on a roll. You know, yeah. I mean, for example, like, you know, one digital media sale leads to another. Well, we haven't seen that yet. Have we seen that yet, Sean? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Well, eventually it'll work out, I'm sure. We're hoping. <laughs> Any update on the pickles? They're still delicious uh, down here. They're <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> People love them. Second to they're, none. They've got, their 50th, right now, right? <laughs> they've got their 50th anniversary party coming up two weeks from today. Yeah. That might just show up. That'd be awesome. You should. Yeah. I mean, if you if you show up for that, they'll love it. And one of the reasons they'll show up for it, um, that uh, if you do, there's no cover charge for that band, which is great. And, Don't charge uh, me. <laughs> there's a $10 well, cover. Okay. There, there, there are certain people that see others coming. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I wish there'd be one segment of the office where cha-ching would happen. All right. <laughs> well, well, hey, today I can started. I'll tell you one thing: the next time I go to Pennsylvania, we are going to Brewers Outlet. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, absolutely. I'm sure, we are. You have to. Yeah. It's an awesome place. Automatic. I love that place. Yeah. Oh no, no, they're fifty. I mean, how about that? I think Purdy Insurance has been here for what ninety years. Sunbury Motors is 103. Brewers Outlet's coming up on their 50th. I mean, these are all the people we're with. I mean, long-term groups. Yeah, very, very good groups. Oh, I mean, the best. You can't ask for better sponsors than we have. All right, you have a great weekend, although it sounds like it might be pickle-free again. Pickle-free, but a lot of work. There you go. Hey, by the way, yeah. one slice of golf news. Did you see you qualified today for the U.S. Senior Open? John Smoltz, the former Braves pitcher. Really? He he and Glavin and Greg Maddox play golf all the time. Glavin's a great athlete. He was drafted by the L.A. Kings in the NHL, for goodness sakes. But Smoltz today qualified for the U.S. Senior Open. Your station for news, weather, business, and CBS Sports Radio. News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury and on WKOK.com.